Well, welcome everyone. Uh, thanks so much for having me. My name is Scott. For those of you who may not know, I'm the pastor of the Green Room Church in Ann Arbor and on the teaching team uh, here at Grumlaw. And I'm telling you, it is always such an incredible honor to just be able to share with you a little bit of what God has placed on my heart. And today is no different. Hey, we are in the middle of a series, as you can see, called Hot Button. And we're looking at, I guess you would call some controversial topics. And we're asking ourselves, how are we supposed to live in this? I mean, what path are we supposed to take? Like, what decision are we supposed to make? And essentially, we're, we're asking ourselves, are we going to do it our way, or are we going to do it God's way? Because left to our own devices, left to ourselves, we will almost always do it our way. And God is saying, will you do it my way because God's way and our way so often looks very, very different. And the topic that we're looking at today is conflict. Conflict. And it's not like, should we live a life that has conflict or should we not live a life that has conflict? Because conflict is inevitable. Matter of fact, maybe right now you're going through some kind of a conflict with somebody in your life. Maybe it's conflict in your family. Maybe it's a conflict in your work environment. Maybe it's a conflict in your friendships. Whatever it might be, we all deal with conflict. And the question isn't, do we deal with conflict or we do not deal with conflict? The question becomes, how do we deal with conflict? How do we deal with conflict in a way that looks most like Jesus? That's in line with the heart of God. You know, uh, psychologists tell us that, um, that every person has one of two natural responses to conflict. And you might know what it is. It's either fight or flight. Either to get in the ring and start swinging or to run in the other direction as fast as we can. Um, and everybody knows what they are. I know what I am. I'm a flight risk. Always have been. <laughs> I don't know, maybe about you. I try to run. When I feel conflict, I want to run in the opposite direction as fast as I can. Uh, my wife, very different than that. But everybody, everybody is different. And what I originally, when I thought about, I'm going to put this teaching together, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk about both of those. I'm going to talk about the fight and the flight, and I'm going to talk about, you know, how the, they have pros and cons to both of them, and how if we mold and shape them in the right way, that we can move into our conflicts, and we can do it in the way that honors God. So if you're looking for that kind of message, well, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer, because I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about a third natural response we have to unresolved conflict. And that is gossip. Gossip. Gossip, speaking negatively about somebody else behind their back because of an unresolved conflict. Gossip. Now, we don't talk about gossip very often, do we? It's a topic that's not brought up. And we're not just going to talk about gossip today. We're going to be talking about other things. But this is hugely important. And the reason it is because... I don't think that there is anything, I can't think of anything that is more destructive to relationships, more destructive what God has placed together than gossip. Matter of fact, I believe this is the evil one's greatest, most effective tool that he uses to sow division and strife and animosity and hatred and bitterness and jealousy. And the thing about gossip is so interesting to me that it is so widely accepted, isn't it? It's so widely accepted. And at the same time, it is so 
obviously destructive. Everybody knows it's destructive. You know it, I know it. All of us have been in a situation in our lives when we've been in a relationship where it has been destroyed, torn at the seams because somebody talked about somebody else because of an unresolved issue or problem or conflict. We've seen it in our families. We've seen it in our friendships. We've seen it with our coworkers and our work environments. And yeah, we've seen it in our churches. I have been a part of many faith communities that have been torn at the seams because one person had an unresolved conflict with somebody else. Instead of dealing with that conflict, they went and told somebody else. It went to that person. Feelings were hurt. Trust was broken. And the community became torn at the seams. And what should have been a beacon of light for people to see what it looks like for people to love one another the way that God loves us became torn at the seams because of gossip, and it must make God weep. And so today we're going to talk about it. Like I said, it's not just going to be gossip, but we're going to talk about it because it's so important. Because here's the thing, we never talk about it, and because we never talk about it, what we're waiting for is we're waiting for it to be a problem, right? We'll wait for it to be a problem. But can I tell you something? Church, can I tell you something? If we wait for it to be a problem, it's too late. It's too late. It can be an issue, but if we wait for it to be a problem, it's too late because gossip is a cancer. It is a cancer. Listen to me. Listen to me. Anybody who is a leader right now, if you're a leader right now, a leader of anything, whether it's a church or a faith community or anything, it doesn't matter, you are nodding your head up and down right now. Gossip is a cancer that the longer you wait to See it, the longer you wait to address it, the longer you wait to pull it out, to yank it out, the deadlier it becomes. It can be an issue, but when it gets to be a problem, it's too late. And this is why when Jesus speaks about conflict, which Jesus does a lot, he always has one eye on gossip to stop it before it even begins because he knows how destructive it can be. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to take us to a passage. It's found in the book of Matthew. Matthew is just one of the Gospels. It's the accounts of Jesus' life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we're going to go to Matthew 18, starting with verse 15. And we're going to look at Jesus' words on conflict. All right? And he says this. He says this. If your brother or your sister. I love how Jesus starts this off. If your brother or your sister, he's talking about those close relationships, right? Maybe it's a family relationship, you know, a relative family relationship. Maybe it's a a church family relationship. Maybe it's a close friendship. If your brother or your sister sins, and some version says sins against you. So in other words, if somebody who is close to you does something harmful or destructive, and that could be to you, go and point out their fault. (laughs) I love Jesus' words here. I absolutely love it. He says, go and point out their fault. Go and point it out. Because they may not know. You may need to point it out to them. You may need to show them where they have hurt you. They may not know. At least they may not know the full extent. 
of how they have hurt you. Have you ever had a situation where, you know, you're going through your life and all of a sudden you find out that somebody wasn't happy with something you said or what you didn't say or what you did or what you didn't do and maybe that happened like weeks ago or months ago or years ago and you're just finding out now and you're like, I had no idea. For so many people, they have no idea. They're just going through life and we hold on to this bitterness and just like go to them, immediately go to them and point it out because they may not know. And then, and then Jesus says this, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Just between the two of you. Just between the two of you. I'm gonna get annoying on this. Just between the two of you. For those in the back, just between the two of you. For somebody that went in the kitchen and grabbing some breakfast and you can barely hear my voice. Just between the two of you. In other words, just between you and the person that you have an issue with. Not between you and your coworkers. Not between you and your classmates. Not between you and your book club. Not between you and your parent group. Not between you and your beer league not between you and your yoga class, not between you and your girlfriends, not between you and your small group, not between you and your prayer team, not between you and your pastor, not between you and your significant other, not even between you and the cashier at the local mire. But just between you and the person you have an issue with, period. Listen to me, Jesus could not be more clear on this. There's no way you could look at this and you'd be like, you know what? He could mean a lot of things here. Just between you and the person you have an issue with. You know, social media has taken this to a whole new level, hasn't it? I am shocked. I am completely shocked. I shouldn't be, but I'm always completely shocked how many people get on social media, whether it's Facebook or whatever, and and just air out their dirty laundry of their unresolved conflicts for everyone to see. So not only is it not between this person and one other person, it's between thousands, potentially thousands other people who have no business being in this conversation at all. Why is it important? Why is it important to just between the two of you? There's a lot of reasons, but I think one of the biggest reasons is so that we can get the whole story that we can get the whole story. Listen to me, have you, have you ever had a time when somebody was telling you about what somebody else did, maybe they did it to them or something, and it was like really bad, it was like terrible, and you're like, wow, I can't even believe that that person would do something like that. And then you had heard the other side of the story of that person that you, know, you heard about and the terrible thing that they did, but then you found out why that happened. You found out the context, and you found out all the reasons and everything that was going on in their life. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, I, I may have done the same thing. I may have said the same thing. You know what's happening? You got the whole story. You got the whole story. You see, in our conflict, all we have is the what. We know what happened. We know what they said. We know what they didn't say. We know what they did. We know what they didn't do, but we don't know why. We don't know why they didn't do it. We don't know why they said it. We don't know the context. We don't know the situation. We don't know everything leading up to it. We don't know the whole story. So before our brains and our minds fill in the gaps, we have to go to them because it's science. You know this. I'm not sure if you know this. 
but our brains hate ambiguity. And what it does is it fills in the gaps of things that we do not know. It'll almost always be negative. But before that happens, we have to go to them and we say, what is the whole story? Not guns ablazing, not fingers pointing, but basically, what am I missing? I know you love me. I know you would never want to hurt me. So what am I missing? Help me fill in the gaps before my mind does. Listen to me, church, listen to me. Love the person enough to talk with them face to face for the purpose of getting the whole story, for the sake of understanding and healing and restoring. Love that person enough to get the whole story. So Jesus goes on and he says this. If they listen to you, you have won them over. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Or another version is, actually this is closer to the original language, you have gained your brother. And I love that. You know why I love that? Because this listen to you is this kind of, if they understand, if they understand, if you come to a mutual understanding, you have gained a brother. It's not you have won them over. This isn't about winning or losing. This is not about somebody wins and somebody loses. Listen, when we do this right, when we do this right, when we live out the words of Jesus in our conflict, when we do it God's way, everybody wins. Everybody wins. I win. You win. Our relationship wins. The church wins. The kingdom of God wins. Everybody wins. The only one who doesn't win is the devil. Everybody wins. If they listen to you, if you come to a mutual understanding, you have gained a brother. You have gained a sister. Everybody wins. You know, in our family, we have, uh, we have these family rules. Do you have some family rules at your house? <laughs> rules that kind of just meant to strengthen and solidify who you are as a family. They may not be written down, but everybody kind of knows them. Some of the family rules that we have at our house is um, a promise is a promise. That's a big one. Keep, keep your promises, right? Another one we have is always say you're sorry. If you hurt someone, say you're sorry. Another one we have is tell the truth. Even if, even if you know you're going to get in trouble for it, tell the truth, right? That's what it means to have integrity. So what I, I propose as a family, as a family of God, that we establish some family rules. What do you say? I think the first one should be this. I will refuse to play the gossip game. I will refuse to play the gossip game. When somebody has some juicy gossip, when some unresolved conflict that they're bringing to you, you just refuse to be a part of that. You walk away, you say, I'm not going to do it. Be known as the person who doesn't play the game. Be known as the person of integrity. Be known as the person of character. Be known as the one that people can trust. I refuse to play the gossip game. And how about this one? I will always assume the best. That's a Grum Law value. I will always assume the best. I will always give someone the benefit of the doubt. I refuse to allow my mind to fill in the gap with the negative. I will always assume the best. Why? Because that's how we'd want someone to treat us. If somebody didn't know the whole story, we'd want them to assume the best about us. So let's assume the best about one another. 
And the third family rule that I propose we establish is this. I will love them enough to talk with them face to face. I will love them enough to talk with them face to face for the purpose of getting the whole story for the sake of healing and restoration and understanding. Here's my challenge for you today. Who in your life do you need to talk with face to face to get the whole story? Who do you need to love enough to get the whole story for the sake of healing, for the sake of understanding, and for the sake of restoration? It's not easy, but it looks most like Jesus. You know, at the very beginning, I talked about when it comes to conflict, man, I am a flight risk. I always have been. But if I had to learn, I've had to learn how to deal with conflict. And Jesus' words have taught me how to do that. And now I try my best with the help of the words of Jesus to go into conflict situations with his love and his grace and his peace. Not pointing fingers or guns ablazing, but saying, what am I missing? What am I missing? And that's my prayer for you today.